place. I said, today, I want us to talk about one, our visit to Manchester. Two, our lunch that we want to have. Three, it's like, is that how you relate with people? No. You, you meet the person, then you begin to flow. Then you just, so, I believe that our relationship with God we should take that form. I'm not saying that we should not go to God with petitions. Yes, we should. But you know, sometimes you be you be in your you be you be in your room. You be in a bus or in a car or wherever. You don't know. Then you begin to speak. You know, that's why speaking in tongues is good. Because you know, when you speak English, there's a tendency to, you know, c- come up with words. You know, sometimes some of the words you don't even mean. Mercy. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Today I wanted to share a very short sermon. Then probably we pray latter part of the service as well. Amen. Oh, when I say amen, I want to hear you also respond. Oh, I or oh, I see a lot of amens. Amen. God bless you for responding. Amen. amen. You know. I've been reading this book, and the way, you know, the way Mr. Michael discuss, uh, talks about prayer, prayer, jalo, tantalizing prayer. The guy too has some words for prayer. They'll be saying that the sweetness of prayer. Say, hey. Not knowing that there's somebody who has been using very nice word even before Mr. Michael came into the scene. The way you discuss it, or the way you describe it, will make it look attractive to you. You get it? Yeah. So, use, make it look attractive to you if you want it to be something that you always want to go there. For instance, I like football. So, you know, I use nice words to describe football. Some people don't like football. So, when they come, everything they see is criticism. Everything they see. So, why is it that 22 grown men, they are chasing a ball that is filled with helium and they are just walk, running around. That, that's football. Why do they, a 33-year-old t- guy wear, wearing pants with, no, you don't understand, that's why you're making all those things. Yes. Yeah. But those of us that like it, you see that the passion with which we watch it, and you know sometimes, see that as the boy is following, your heart and your eye is following at the same time because your passion is in it. So let that same thing be also for our the things of God. Amen. Today I want to share something very briefly with us. I've entitled it Full and Overflowing. Full and Overflowing. You know, Reverend has been teaching us a lot about overflow this month. And last week he talked about steps to working in the overflow anointing. He talked about being thirsty and talked about drinking, talked about overflowing the water, talked about lay aside your own plan, talked about serve faithfully, then also talked about don't allow yourself to be sacked. Don't allow yourself to be sacked. So, you know, especially in the house of God, don't allow yourself to be sacked. Amen. Oh, amen. Amen. Don't allow yourself to be sacked. And I believe that that point is very important. Elijah wanted to sack Elisha. Elisha never agreed. He was with the man to the end. You know. 
So don't allow yourself to be sacked in the house of God. Don't allow yourself to be sacked one by, let's see, the man of God of the house. Don't allow yourself to be sacked by the church members. Don't allow yourself to be sacked by even you yourself. Amen. Somebody said that if you are alone, watch your thoughts. You know, when you are alone, a lot of things can run through. That's when certain statements begin to play. So when I was talking to Emmanuel, what did he mean by that? Then suddenly, you begin to expand the sentence that was just about five words or something. You begin to expand it, build paragraphs and chapters out of it. Yes, paralysis of analysis. And begin to become more angry because of a simple statement that he himself, he has said it, but he has even forgotten about it. When you go to him and say, Emmanuel, what is this? Oh, did I make such a statement? I don't remember. Meanwhile, you have, you, you, you become like a hen. You brooded over it. You've laid eggs with it. And the eggs and the chicks have grown and now they are in numbers. God have mercy on us. <laughs> Amen. So today I want to talk about something very briefly. Full and overflowing. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. Very popular scripture that we all know. Very popular. I believe that this house we have fed a lot. So today I will say something very small. Then we pray. Then we pray. Amen. John chapter 10, verse 10. The Bible says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life that they may have it more abundantly. Amen. So, the thief has a mandate and Jesus too has a mandate. Amen. The thief has a mandate. You know, as the thief is entering the bank, he has a mandate. You know, there's a story told of of some thieves that went to some, not in this part, but in another part of the world. They went to a smaller bank to go and steal. And they stole a lot of money and some currency. They stole virtually everything in the bank. Not knowing that before they came to steal, the bank manager has also stolen a lot, even like two or two times more than what the thieves came to steal. And he had been thinking of ways of balancing the books, and the books are not balancing. So he was contemplating on what to do, what not to do. And God being good, so good, the thieves came to steal. So they, let's say the thieves came to steal 10 million pounds. And he also had already taken 20 million pounds. So the following day, the thieves were watching BBC. And they heard that the bank that they went to steal has lost 30 million. And they were like, what? Is that <laughs> is that the amount of money that, we, that they want to go and count? And they were contemplating, should we go and report or should we not go and report? Because they thought that the job that they have done, they've actually worked for somebody. Amen. So the thief has a mandate. And the thief is mandate is to what? To steal, to kill, and to what? And to destroy. But I want us to look at one 
way that the thief has been doing these things. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. No, some brief teachings then. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Very popular. We all know it. Who can say it off it? Oh, we have to check before we say it. Uh, oh, it's already here. <laughs> Lord have mercy on all of us. <laughs> For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Amen. So, John chapter 10 verse 10 says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Right? How does the thief do all these things? One way that the thief wrestles. Wrestles. So, that's the word I want us to look. Not the rest of the, the, the verse. Wrestling. Wrestling. So, Satan wrestles. Satan. How many of us have watched wrestling before? Or any combat sports like boxing? MMA. Is it the one that the, the is it the one that the Ireland guy or is that called MMA? No. If they call it to you something. UFC, yes. Yeah, it's, it's MMA. Oh, okay. So if you know all these sports, it's, it's more like wrestling. And you know, most times when you quote this scripture, you say that we do not wrestle against flesh. Then we move on. Blah, 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 blah. But they want us to just look at we do not wrestle. Wrestle. The word wrestle. Because it's a way that the enemy uses to steal, to kill, to destroy. Is that he wrestles. Amen. And when we say wrestle, what does it mean? Wrestling is not a group sport. Wrestling is not a group sport. So that's one thing you should know. So what it means is that it's one-on-one. -on -one. So what it means is that the enemy deals with that on an individual basis. It's not like CICC, the enemy is dealing with CICC, corporate bodies, like all of us here inside them. He's it's like an army. The enemy is fighting an army, but he's fighting an individual. I want to give you an indication how he works so that, so that's why the issues I'm having and the problems I'm having, Martinez own is different from mine in terms of how the enemy is working on us. So, my addictions or my problems is not the same as uh, what do you call it, Martina's own. What causes Martina to take might not cause me to take. What causes the way the enemy is working on has targeted Martina is not the same way that the enemy has targeted. I don't know if you are getting my point. So that's why it is very important for us to know that you are wrestling with the enemy. You. Not all of us. You. You. And with the wrestling that he's trying to wrestle with you, he's wrestling to steal, to kill, to destroy. But he's wrestling an individual affair. Do you get it? That's why all the things that we come to church, maybe we come to church, whoever preaches to us as a corporate body, but the implementation of it is an individual affair. That's what I want to talk about. So that you realize that it's not like you are in a crowd that the enemy does not see you. The enemy knows you by name. Just as Jesus knows you by name, you can count the number of hair on your head. The enemy also knows you by name. Amen. The second one is that it's a close combat. Wrestling is what? A close combat. You know, the 
You know, in boxing, boxing is the one I'm very familiar with. They, they, they can do 20 by 20. It's like a rectangular or a square or whatever you call it. And you are inside. You know, before the boxing match, your coaches will come to them and they'll be talking, oh, my, my guy can beat you, my this, that, that, that. During the day of the match, or during the day of the boxing, this is all that they do. So, the, the, oh, Michael, can you come? So, and Joe, can you also come? So, so this is, can you face each other? Yes. So, these are two boxes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, these are two boxes. Emmanuel, can you come? And Piero, please, can you come? Yeah. I want to I want to show something. It's a close combat sport. So Emmanuel is the coach for Joe. And Piero is the coach for Michael. So be rubbing the oh, why haven't you watched boxing before? Be rubbing the uh, uh, <laughs> So on the day of the match, on the day of the boxing, the the announcer would do all that, you know, for the hundreds in attendance, whatever. Get ready, let's get ready to rumble. You know, they will say all those things. Then they will say that, oh, hmm. oh, that one they've said it. They've said it even before the boxing day. So now they'll say that Joe has fought 40 fights. He has won 39 and drawn one. So that means he's not lost. And out of the 39, 38 of them are by knockout. So that means it did not go the full rounds. He finished. Michael, too, has fought 45. He's won 44. And he's lost one. So you see that they are very senior guys in the team. So after they say all those things, take three steps backwards. No, three steps backwards. And go and sit down. Uh-huh. You also take three steps backwards. And go and sit back. This is what will happen. After all the noise that we made, you know, boxing, something it takes six months before one fight to happen. It will be left to the two of them. So now, it is not what the coach said. So in this case, the coach can be your pastor. The coach can be your teacher. The coach can be anybody. It's now between you and the enemy. Close combat. <laughs> would you want to trace that to? <laughs> Thank you. Amen. So, the wrestling one is an individual sport. Two, it's a close combat. I want you so that the next time that, let's say, you want to pray, you understand that the mandate of the enemy to steal, to kill, to destroy is a very close thing. It's a very close thing. How do we know that it's very close? That's why there are triggers. Some of us that's why if you know your triggers, you try as much as possible to avoid your triggers. Oh, oh, what I'm saying is not. Some people's trigger is a certain environment. When they find themselves in that environment, then they'll be going back. So that's a close combat. So if you know that this is your trigger, you don't go there. Or you know that a certain kind of movie or a certain kind of things or a certain kind of friends, or a certain, you know, all those are triggers. Close combat. 
coming to you, you avoid them. Amen. So that's the second thing about wrestling. The third one is no one is exempted. No one. He said we wrestle. So wrestling is a universal. So, so like all of us here, no one is exempted from it. That's why the teenagers are not exempted. Say, oh, when I, you know, the way the country like UK will say, oh, you cannot vote when you're not 18. You cannot do this when you're not 18. You cannot do this when it is never so with the enemy. There's no age restriction that, they, oh, I start attacking people when they are 18. <laughs> the enemy attacks a, a toddler. The enemy attacks a one-year-old. The enemy attacks a five-year-old. The enemy attacks a 12-year-old. The enemy attacks a teenager. The enemy attacks a young adult, an adult, and all those things. That's why if the person in, uh, in, uh, in question cannot do the, the praying or do the intercession or do the, if the mother or the parent or whoever is supposed to do it for the person. Amen. And the last one is that the wrestling is permanent. That we wrestle. You know, if you did some tenses in school, it, it did not say that we wrestled or we will wrestle. It's a present tense. We wrestle. We re- it's, a, it's, a, it's a present. So it's like something that you will keep is present continuous. Thank you, the English students. <laughs> Amen. That's why Paul said that this one thing I do. After I preach to others, I beat myself. So it's like, you know, it's not like it, it, no one is exempted from anything. Amen. That's why we should not put anybody in the place of the Holy Spirit. You know, or we should not, yes, we should respect authority and all that. But we should not put people in the place of like, oh, this person is God or something. Everybody is fallible. You get me? Yeah. So, we wrestle. One is what? It's an individual sport. It's a close combat. No one is exempted. And the fourth one is that it's, it's permanent. So, if the wrestling is permanent, then our response to should be permanent. Amen. If the wrestling is permanent, then our response to should be permanent. Amen. So that's, anyway, so that's the side of the enemy. So the enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. And I've given you one way that he does it through wrestling. And I've given you what wrestling means. But let's come to the side of Jesus, the good side. He says that, but I've come that you might have what? Oh, I cannot hear, but you might have what? And have it what? So you see that Jesus' way of counteracting what the enemy is doing, because all the enemy is doing is deduction. Still kill, destroy. Deduction. It's like I am reducing, I'm reducing, I'm reducing, making you come to the barest minimum. Jesus' own is like a it's like a fuel station or a gas station. You come, I fill you up, I top you up, I top you up. I top you up. And when I top you up, I don't just top you up. It's like going to the gas station, your car, you can use 40 pounds to fill. 
then you show the card 40 pounds. Then the, the, the person they see that, oh, I have this tank too for you. Take it. So that when you are driving on the motorway and somebody is short of fuel, you can give it to the person to drive. That is what Jesus wants to do. So Jesus says that I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Isn't it an encouraging thing? That I have come. I have come that you will have life. He did not say that I have come that you will work out your life. Or I have come that you will, you will you, you begin payment for your life. But he said, I have come that you will have life and have it more abundantly. What it means is that with Jesus in our life, there is a, you know, the life there in the Greek is what zoe, or is that how you say it? Z-O-E. Which is what? The God kind of life. So, Jesus said that I have come that you may have the God kind of life. And after you have the God kind of life, you have it more abundantly. Amen. So, one you ask yourself, what is in this kind, what is in this life for you and I? What is in this life? What is in this life that Jesus wants to give for you and I? After you have that life, when you have that life, accept Jesus into your life, and you begin this Christian work, and you begin this fellowship with the Holy Spirit, what is in it? What is in this life for you? Obviously, you know that what is in Satan for you is total destruction, total chaos, total condemnation, total, like everything wrong. But Jesus said that I have come that you will have life and have it more abundantly. One of the things that is in the life for you and I is liberation and deliverance. One thing that is in the life that life that Jesus is talking about is liberation and deliverance. Because of our time, I will not be able to read quite a number of scriptures. But if you read Luke chapter 8, I wanted us to pray. So I will just mention, mention them, then we, we will pray. Luke chapter 8, 43. So Luke chapter 8, 43 to 48 talks about the woman with the issue of blood. The encounter with the life. Because Jesus is life. This woman's encounter with life brought his her liberation. Amen. In Luke chapter 13, verse 16 to, you know, the woman that had that hunchback. What is it called? Is it hunchback? Or? Yeah. Jesus said that, can this daughter also who has had this issue for 18 years be delivered. So, the encounter with life or the encounter with Jesus brings liberation. Amen. Secondly, the encounter with that life brings revelation and understanding. Brings revelation and understanding. Brings revelation and understanding. Brings revelation and understanding. John chapter 4, 28 and 29 talks about the woman at the well that Jesus met. You know, if you've realized nowadays Something very subtly is going on that some of us are not uh, really taking note of. The other religions, I will not mention any other because of our world now. The other religions, they've sort of 
been able to tilt their religion in such a way that it becomes like, oh, it's very practical. It's a way of life. And they go about writing books and doing all motivational speeches with the, yes, that's one of you, you mentioned it. <laughs> they go about using, what do you call it, or, and, and, they, and their teachings sound very nice. And you know, some of the teachings they have like, oh, uh, uh, you should you should meditation, you know. So th- now they have one exercise like that, and they talk about oh, understanding, love your parents, love your wife, love your. But you see, what is behind all these kind of teachings? See that there is there is, the, it is the the to us the super, uh, the superficial one, but behind it. There is more that they are not talking about. But an encounter with Jesus brings a level of understanding and revelation that cannot be compared to any of these. You know, the difference between the encounter that Jesus brings is that it's inward. It's like sometimes you have you so have it that you can't explain. You can't really point your hand on like this or that or that that is happening to you. But you see that there's a change. There's a revelation that you've gotten. The woman at the well, when he, she encountered Jesus and she went to she went to the people. She said that come and see. I've seen a man who has told me all that I need to know. And I believe that that kind of revelation is also there for you. How do you and I get that revelation? See that you can get that revelation through, even as I'm talking to you. The Holy Spirit can give you an understanding that you'll be surprised. You can get that revelation through reading the scriptures. That's why reading of the scriptures is so important. And suddenly, even you can even get certain revelations being revealed to you as you talk to people. And sometimes your relationship with people will change because of certain level of understanding that you are beginning to have. Amen. And the third one, which is very important, especially for the season that we find ourselves, is that, you know, Jesus said that I've given you that you... Uh, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. What do you do with the more abundantly? You become an ambassador of that life. You, you become an ambassador of that life. So what happens is that you go around telling people the life that you have experienced and why they should come and experience it. The Philip Nathaniel story in John chapter 1. You know, had that, he had that encounter with Jesus. He said, come and see. I can't explain to you, but come and see for yourself. The woman at the world too had the same experience. He said that this man you must come and see. You must. You just have to come and see. And I believe that it is also our an indication that we have that life is what we do with it. If you've come to the campus now, this are third day, right, Nicholas? If you've come around the kind of evangelism that is happening, it's not just church evangelism. Oh, the churches there are about two or three. There's pizza evangelism. There's nightclub evangelism, and they are doing it. Hey. But the difference between them and us is that for them, they are paid maybe nine pounds per hour to come and stand there and do the peace evangelism. You know, so you dress in that, you know, or maybe they not see today. <laughs> it's right. Yeah. And some people too are doing nightclub evangelism. Evangelism is not an, uh, uh, it's not uh, uh, it's not for Christians. Too. Evangelism is a Christian way. Sorry, evangelism is it's, it means what? Evangelism simply means marketing. So anything that you market, you are evangelizing about it. So, 
So when I say pizza evangelism, don't say, ah, tell pizza to do evangelism. Yes. Yeah. And I want to encourage you that if truly that life is in you, and that life is beginning to manifest in you, you become so interested. Because, you see, if it's only good, you want to recommend to others. If it's good. If the thing is really in you and it's so good, you begin to recommend to others. You begin to encourage others. You don't need the title pastor or minister or cell leader or all those things. No. Because of that experience, you see, just as the wrestling on the side of the enemy is very personal and physical, this, the other side of the life of Christ too is very personal and physical. Jesus' kind of life, he doesn't give the life to a church. He did not say that I have come that CICC will have life. No. He said, I have come that you, you, I, will have life and have it more abundantly. So what it means is that as a church, when you come together, Emmanuel has the life, Bidmi has the life, Martina has the life, everybody has the life, Sandra has the life. Then we come together, then it's like, we become like a big, it's like fire, droplets of fire coming together. Then it becomes a, a, a very big one. So you must have your life. I must have my life. And that one is what? A personal experience. So that you become an, an ambassador. Amen. So from today, you and I must become that ambassador. You know, in as much as that, you always talk about, oh, let's go for evangelism. Let's go to the city center. Let's go to the university. Let's go. Yes. But you see that if that life and that conditioning is in your mind, I tell you, even as you are talking to people, suddenly you, be seeing, you begin to see that subtle way of trying to influence, trying to talk about it, trying to bring in the issue of God, the issue of Christ, the issue of the person going to church, the issue of the person's growth. That's the abundance, the overflow of what is in you. Actually, if you're on 30%, you can't do it. Because you yourself, you need to be charged up to 100% and over to be able to you get it. So if you are here and you see that mm, this thing that this person is talking about, um, you need to charge yourself. You need to charge yourself. You need to let Christ dwell in you richly. That is the way. That's, that, that was Paul's prayer for the church. He said that, I pray that Christ will dwell in your heart richly, 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 richly. It is out of the abundance and the richness of what is in you that you can give to others. If the richness is not in you, you can't you can't give to others. You know, I saw a quote somebody said that the 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 only way to help the poor is to for you yourself to come out of poverty. I don't know if you get it. When I saw it, I thought about it and I said it's true. Because you can't actually help if you are all poor. Who helps you? <laughs> because you are all indeed. So you're saying that you come out first, then you can help the rest. But when you come out, what it means is that you yourself, you become what? Soaked and rich. Rich. You know, balanced. You are heavy. Then you can help others. That's why each and every one of us must try and have a relationship. Personal. Personal. If today you do not hear anything, just let this word enter. Personal. God is interested in personal. The enemy too is interested in personal. The enemy has singled you out for a wrestling match. God too has singled you out for a life. 
you choose where you want to be. The only difference is that for God, he wants your permission. But the enemy, I tell you, whether you have permission or not. That's why those that say that, oh, me, I don't want to be involved in this kind of prayer because I don't want to go and invite a match I don't want. You are lying. <laughs> the enemy, the enemy does not need an invitation. You get it. Recently, I was talking to a friend. He was telling me that, oh, he was going back to one of the countries in Africa. He was telling me that, oh, when he goes, he does not tell a lot of people that he's coming. And that when he goes to, he does not go to certain places. I was like, brother. Yes, some of these measures are important, but you see, it is not you telling somebody that uh, uh, they will do whatever. If they have something to do, they will do. Satan has, before infrared and uh, telephone networks came, <laughs> they were operating. <laughs> They, yes, yes, the frequency is very sharp. That even that thing you are talking about, that oh, please be serious. So what I'm trying to say is that we must choose the side that we want to be filled with. Each on on both sides there can be full and overflowing. On both sides, on the side of God, you can have the life and have it more abundantly. On the side of the enemy, you can have distraction. Full and overflowing. That's why you also become. That's when you become an agent. You know, you become an agent through which ambassador. That's the word. Amen. I pray that God will help all of us, and that that life that Christ yearns for all of us will be something that we will yearn for. Amen.